Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Morning again. <laughs> um, I can really feel the Holy Spirit here today. I um, took um, a little um, piece of paper just for in case I might, you know, tear, I tear up when I feel the Holy Spirit. And that piece of paper was not enough. I should have taken a whole box. But, so I can really feel God's Spirit here today. And I pray that He will speak to you and that you would come to know something more about God's character that you have not known before. So like um, Matthew said, we are in a series called The Character of God. So we're looking at God's characteristics. Who is God? Who is God? And I'm praying through this message that God will reveal to you, like Matthew said, something new about his character that you have maybe not grasped before, that you maybe not have known before. And our key verse for all scripture for this whole series, which I'm ending off today, is out of Exodus 34, uh, 6 to 7, where God himself reveals his character. So this is not who man interpreted God to be. This is who God himself says he is. He says, he describes himself, and he says that this is now where Moses is on Mount Sinai. He received the Ten Commandments, the covenant from God. And then God passes, uh, passes this um, in front of Moses, and he says, so the Lord proclaims, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So we have looked at each one of these characteristics, um, that God is compassionate, he is gracious, he is slow to anger and is abounding in love. And today I'll be speaking about God's faithfulness. And God is faithful. He is those things that I've just said, regardless of our experience of him. Regardless if you have maybe experienced God as a God of love before, or as a God of compassion before, or as a God that is faithful. He is still faithful, even though you feel maybe that you might not have experienced that in your life. And I'm praying that today that God will reveal to you that he is a faithful God. Uh, so I want to open up, I want to invite you to open up your hearts to, to receive something new from God today. And, and to receive and to get to know God in a, on a different level. And in the Bible, in the biblical times, if, when, when they speak about no, it, it's, it's an intimate no. So I want you to intimately know God. In the Bible, they used to say, a man knew his wife. So when they had intimate, if they had intercourse, they, the man knew his wife. So that is that intimacy I'm talking about, like really knowing God, to know God. Now, before Matthew and I were married, I didn't really know him like I know him today. Like, as I lived with him, I got to know new things about him that I didn't know before, before we got married. <laughs> yes. 
And um, so, you know, as, as, you, as you live with someone, as you walk with someone, you get to know things about them. In a situation where you might find yourself, they might act in a way you're like, oh, I didn't realize this person will act in this way in this situation. So you learn new things about the character of that person in every situation. So it was the same with, um, so with, when Matthew and I got married, or just before we actually got married, um, then, um, yeah, so the doctors told him that his wife, that's now me, his wife-to-be, would probably be in a wheelchair the rest of her life. And he still decided to get married to me. So to me, that is an example of faithfulness. Regardless of what it might have cost him or how he might have felt about it, he made a commitment and he decided to stick to that commitment. He decided to be faithful to that commitment. So to me, that is a human example of what faithfulness is. And then, um, in that same situation... um, So when I was in the hospital at that time, he would come to visit me. And I didn't look my best. Um, I mean, I was completely paralyzed. I I had a distorted face. My eye was crossed-eyed. I looked terrible. I looked like a monster. And he still came to visit me day by day. And I could never from his reaction tell that I looked like that. He... um, only when I left the hospital and I saw myself in the mirror for the first time, I realized, I got a shock, like, this is what I looked like. But he faithfully showed up every day and he visited me in the hospital because he made a choice. So to me, that is an example of faithfulness. That is what faithfulness looks like to me. Like just showing up, even if it's uncomfortable, you stick to what you've promised. And this is now just an example of human faithfulness. Um, but I want to speak to you about God's faithfulness today. Because God's faithfulness, that's the ultimate example of faithfulness. And yeah, like I said, maybe you have not experienced God as faithful today. But he is faithful regardless of our experiences before. Now, the word, the Hebrew word for faithful, it's emet. Now, emet is a word that's used to describe God, and it means faithful or truth. So, and a word that we actually use very often um, that is derived from that word is amen. We use it at the end of our prayers, and that means that's truth. So when you say amen to your prayer, you're saying, you know, that's truth. That's going to happen. So God is emet. He is faithful, and that is truth. He is truth. He is faithful. And in the Bible, when they described people as well, sometimes they would use the word emet for people as well, for people that were reliable, trustworthy, people that you could count on. Uh, They would describe them as emet as well. So God is... You can trust God because he's consistent to his character. He is trustworthy and he is faithful. Now, as I got to know Matthew over the years, um, you know, like I said, I got to know more and more things about him. And it's the same with us and God. We need to walk with God 
And as we walk with God, we will learn something more and more about God's character and His faithfulness. So there needs to be some time that passed in order for you to see God's faithfulness. So this morning, I want us to take a walk through the Bible, and it's just a part of the Bible, a few hundred years, because we don't have time for the whole thing. So I want us to walk a few hundred years through the Bible and just see God's faithfulness. So as you all know, man fell and God had to rescue them. So God, in his faithfulness, he chose one nation, one man, in which he's going to rescue the whole world, the whole mankind. And he chose Abram. So he made a promise to Abram. And he said to Abram, I will make you a great nation. And through you, the whole world will be blessed. So that is in Genesis 17. You can go read that. We're not going to go through that today. But you can read that uh, um, in your own time. So God promised Abram he's going to make him a great nation. And at the age of 100, just before 100, Abram still didn't have a child. So Abram must have thought, you know, like God, you know, where is your faithfulness? But in the end, even though it might look to you sometimes, you know, where is God? You know, where is God's faithfulness? God is still faithful. Because at the age of 100, Abram received his promise. He received a son. God showed faithfulness to Abram. And he did make Abram, so Abram had his first son, but he did make Abram a great nation in the end, Israel. They're a great nation. So God did fulfill his promise, a part of his promise anyways, to Abram, that he's going to make him a great nation. And then as you know the story that um, Israel, um, they became a great nation, and then they were slaves. They found themselves slaves in Egypt. And then God was faithful to them again, and he rescued them out of Egypt. He rescued them out of slavery. So let's go then to Exodus. So Exodus is divided into two parts. So the first part of Exodus is about... God rescuing Israel out of slavery. The second part is at Mount Sinai, where God makes a covenant with Israel. And, and then he gives them ten commandments. Now, for those of you, I'm not going to go into a covenant lesson here today, but just in brief, this is a whole new sermon on its own. A covenant, because we don't really... Um, use that word very often in our modern day times. A covenant is an agreement between two parties. And what they used to do in, the, um, in those days is they would cut an animal in half, and then the two parties that make this agreement would walk through these animals as a sign that this is what's going to happen to you if you break this covenant. So it was quite serious for you not to break a covenant. Yes, so that would happen if any of those parties would break a covenant. And then immediately after God has now um, made this covenant with Israel, then Moses comes down from the mountain and finds 
the Israelites breaking the first two commandments already. So they already broke immediately after the covenant with God. So Israel was not able to stay faithful to this agreement, to stay faithful to God immediately after they broke that covenant. And we see this repeated throughout history. So we see this repeated throughout history, that God comes to rescue us every single time when we break his covenant. And now when, when he comes down from, when Moses comes down from uh, Mount Sinai, and he finds them there, what, what is God's reaction? What does God actually do? So God, well, first he's very upset and angry. But then he shows them mercy. And he's fa- he decides to be faithful to the promise that he made to Abram. And then let's just take a few generations later. Let's go to David. The Bible says that David walked in Emmet with God. So God considered David to be faithful. And then, um, because God... Um, David considered God to be faithful. He responded with faithfulness. So this is why it's so important for us to understand that God is faithful. Because we first need to know God as a faithful God before we can have faith in God. We first need to be able to trust God before we can really surrender and have faith in him and believe that he says who he is, he is. So in 2 Samuel 7, he makes a promise um, to descendants, um, to descendants of David. So let's read that promise. He says, um, in this promise that he makes is that basically David's kingdom will last forever. He will establish a kingdom for David that will last forever. So when he says that, um, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build my house. I will establish his throne um, of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, he will be my son. And when he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod by men, by floggings afflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him. And then he says, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. So God makes this promise to David, and he says that your kingdom will last forever. But God also knows humans. You know, he's walked through the generations with them. And he has seen that they cannot be faithful. So already here, God says that, you know, your descendants, they will fail. And when they fail, I will punish them with a rod. But I will still, in the end, show them my faithful love. So God does punish them when they, in his love for them, directing them. So he punished Israel. Uh, They were exiled to Babylon um, because of their unfaithfulness. And... The thing is, when they were exiled in Babylon, they were complaining about God not being trustworthy, not being true to his promise. 
where is God's promise, but it's because of their unfaithfulness, not because of God's, that they are where they are. That's because they were in exile. But God is still faithful because God's faithfulness does not depend on what we do. That is so, what is so amazing to me is God's faithfulness is not depending on me. He is faithful regardless of what I do. There's nothing I can do that will change God's faithfulness towards me. So David's line of kings, they all failed. But they still didn't cancel God's faithfulness to his promise. He won't allow humans to mess up his plan to save mankind. David says, if we read further in that passage we just read, he says that you alone are God and your word is trustworthy. In verse 28, he says that, that God is trustworthy. His word is trustworthy. Okay, so now in this covenant relationship, like I said, We've now seen that no one could keep this covenant relationship. And like we said, that there would be someone who has to die if you cannot keep this covenant. And that is where Jesus comes in, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of this world. Jesus is a descendant from David. Jesus is the one that took our place. He was the one that established a new covenant with us, with God. A kingdom and a covenant that will last forever. An everlasting kingdom. To his kingdom, there is no end. To his faithfulness, there is no end. In Romans 15, it says that Jesus came on behalf of God's faithfulness. Jesus came on behalf of God's faithfulness. Just think about that. Jesus is this divine image of God's faithfulness. That is what God's faithfulness looks like, Jesus. And Jesus was pro- it was Jesus's birth was prophesied Over like a few hundred years, prophets were prophesying about Jesus that will come, the Messiah that will come. And God was faithful to that promise. Jesus was born. So God is a faithful God. He keeps his promises. And in Hebrews 13, that's a chapter about, um, I call it the faith heroes. So it's all the the, uh, all the people um, in the Bible that by f- just examples of faith, how they tr- uh, believed God for something and they saw breakthrough. By faith, they did, it, they did this and by faith, they did that. You can go read that chapter as well. So that is the chapter uh, Hebrews 13. And you know who's on that, in that chapter, on that list is Abram and Sarai for the faith they had in God. But what is interesting to me is if you um, read that Sarah, when, when God said to them that they will have a child, she laughed at God. She didn't believe God. But still she's in this chapter that says, oh, 
God recognizes that she had faith. And I'm like, wow, God is so good, you know. Even though we fail, even where we sometimes might not believe or might find it difficult, he still sees the best in us. He's still, she's still in that chapter of people that believed God, even though she, at a stage, maybe doubted a little bit. And I would have as well. Um, I mean, she really longed to have a, a child. She was waiting for that promise for such a long time. I really don't blame her for doubting. She waited such a long time. And we have friends as well. Um, I want to tell you a story. Um, I just this week, I read a book um, that they wrote, uh, a part of this book. And um, their story is that it's about God's faithfulness. So that's why I'm telling it. You know, just like Abram and Sarai that couldn't have children, um, God promised them that they would have a child. That's just, they were not even considering having children. They were just they newly married. They were not thinking about that. But they had a promise from God that they will have children. But then they kind of forgot about that promise. And then the time came when they wanted to have children. And they couldn't. They struggled to have children. Now, in Abram and Sarah's time, they didn't know why they couldn't have. But today we have technology uh, that can show us, maybe give you an answer. Not always, but sometimes you can get an answer of why you can't maybe fall pregnant or have a child. And in their case, uh, she went for tests and she had endometriosis and some other problems that would make it very, very difficult for her to fall pregnant. And the doctor said, well, maybe, maybe there's a slight possibility, but it, she would, uh, she'd prepare herself. She won't be full pregnant in the next two years. It's not going to come easily. And then on top of that, her husband decided, okay, well, I'll just have myself tested as well. And then his test results came back, and he had... So, so, a very low sperm count. Now, if I mean low, like very low, a normal male would have 10 million sperm. He had two. Not two million, only two. And those two sperm couldn't even swim. So, they were not good swimmers. So, speak about a low probability of falling pregnant. It was virtually impossible for them to get pregnant. And then they remember that promise that God made to them. He said to them that you will have children. And they decided to stand on that promise. They decided to believe God for that. And every evening, they would pray together as a family. They would proclaim God's promise over their life. And then within less than a year, she became pregnant. And today they have two beautiful children. And that is just such an amazing example of God's faithfulness. He is faithful, regardless of what it might look like in the natural. God's faithfulness defies the laws of nature. We can't explain it. It might look impossible in the natural, but anything is possible for God. He is faithful. He keeps his promises. And just the fact that I'm standing here today is also a sign to you that God is faithful. 
because I should have been dead 15 years ago. The doctor said that I would not live. And if I lived, I would not be able to walk. And I'm standing here today as an example of God's faithfulness. God is faithful to keep his promises. So 15 years ago, um, I had a brain bleed that left me completely paralyzed. Um, and the doctors gave me 10% chance to live. They said, if I live, I probably won't be able to walk again. But God promised me complete healing. And then I started getting better, and God miraculously healed me. Within less than four months, I was able to walk down the aisle to get married to Matthew. Four months later, and that was the first day I could walk again. So God was faithful to that promise. God is faithful. And Maybe you're sitting here today and you're doubting God. You have maybe stood in um, just such a long time waiting for a promise that God has given you. He's promised you something and you're waiting and waiting. You kind of started giving up on asking him. You just don't even want to ask him anymore because that, like every single time, that disappointment is just so, so painful. And I can understand that. Uh, because God promised me complete healing. And I'm, I'm still waiting for my complete healing. It's 15 years later. God is, I'm very grateful for what God has done already. It has been amazing, and I'm so immensely grateful to him. But he promised me complete healing. And in my daily life, there's still things every day that limit me, that I can't live freely the way I want to live. So I stand here before you today understanding what it is to wait for a promise and to still be waiting for my promise. And I know that it can sometimes be very, very hard uh, to pick yourself up and to ask and believe again. But I've decided this year that I'm, um, at the beginning of the year, I'm going to start asking God for my healing again, believing him again that he is faithful and he will complete what he started in me. And I want to tell you today that God is faithful and he will fulfill that promise that he's made to you. So I want to encourage you to start believing him again today. So if that is you today, if you feel discouraged, if you have a promise that, that you've just been standing on and, and asking God for, I want you to come forward after the service or during the worship in the service. And I'd love to pray for you and stand with you in faith that you will see breakthrough and that God will fulfill his promise to you because he is faithful. And that you'll be able to stand here and testify of God's faithfulness. God is faithful. And, you know, the, the greatest act of faithfulness of God is, is not the fact that he healed me. That is, that is one. But the greatest act of God's faithfulness is when Jesus died on the cross to me. Because he promised a Savior would come, and Jesus did come. That is the greatest act of God's faithfulness. And then he made us another promise. He said that he's going to come back for us one day. 
And we can stand on that promise and know that he is faithful, that he has gone to, to go and prepare a place for us, and he's coming back for us one day. So let's choose to believe the one that is faithful. He has been faithful from generation to generation. He keeps his promises. God is Emmet. He's faithful. And we can say amen to that. Yes and amen, because God is faithful. So whatever the promise is that he has promised you, he is faithful. So come and worship. Bring that to him and worship now. And just say yes and amen to his promises. Let's worship him.